Good and locked on Anaheim Ducks. A look back at their overtime loss to Vegas and a deeper look into the trades that the Ducks made on today's Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good afternoon. It is Tuesday. The dust has finally settled. This is Locked On Anaheim Ducks, your daily podcast covering the OC's hockey team. Yesterday was episode number 100, and we also had a bonus episode. I will talk more about those trades after the first portion. But before we get into all that, I want to tell you that you can hear this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. Also, make sure to comment, rate, subscribe, leave a nice comment. I love them. And also, check us out on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks, or follow me personally at StimpyJD. On Sunday night, it was a bit of a wild one. I realize I never talked about Friday's game either, although not much to talk about there. It was a one nothing victory for the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, John Gibson looked great in net, but just one of those games where the Ducks could not score, and that was really emphasized with Andre Kasha not being there. Who knows after this trade frenzy that happened. Let's go into Sunday night's game. Sunday night. The Ducks played host to the Vegas Golden Knights. That was a game that was nationally televised, and it's a good thing it was because we were in for a wild one on Sunday. Both teams traded goals in the first period. We had goals from Patrick Brown. And by the way, congratulations to Gage Quinney, who scored his first career NHL point. So congratulations to him. Also scoring on that first period was Devin Shore, the former Duck. It's weird to say that now. The former Duck, Devin Shore, scored his fourth of the season to tie it up with only a couple seconds left. He beat the buzzer on that one. The second period is where things began to get a little bit crazy. Nick Ritchie would score. Then Alec Martinez did it against the Ducks. And I jokingly said that Alec Martinez did it against the Ducks yet again, just like he's a member of the Kings. Oh, remember those days? Alec Martinez scoring on the Ducks when he was with the Kings. Yeah, that brought back some memories, didn't it? (laughs) Alec Martinez scored his third of the season. Yeah, he looked pretty thrilled to score against Anaheim to tie things up at two. Then it was the Wild Bill show. With less than a minute left, Carlson scored his 11th of the season to make it a 3-2 game. Nick Ritchie on a very nice shot from about the circle He scored his 8th of the season. That tied things up at 3, and that was really, really quick into the third period. It's like the period hadn't even started yet. People were not in their seats yet. Richie just hustles in there, gets the shot off, and he scored his second of the game. Then, well, well, Carlson took over. Wild Bill scored from the faceoff dot, left pretty open to make it a 4-3 game. And then about 5 minutes later... On a driving-in backhand, Carlson was going in, just snapped it from his backhand, went top shelf, scored it to make it a 5-3 game. Oh boy, Gibson did not look good on this one. He looked bad. Carlson did him dirty on that one. That was a nice goal. Carlson got the hat trick. Hats were flying down at the Ponda. Not often that you see hats flying down on the opponent's arena, but well, there you go. Carlson got the hat trick. This is kind of a common theme now. 
that players are scoring hat tricks at the Ponda. And of course, fans bring their own hats. They toss them onto the ice. Yeah, it's a thing now, I guess. But then guess what happened? The Ducks mounted a comeback? I thought they were supposed to be tanking, but apparently not. As Adam Henrique scored his 22nd of the season uh, with Gibson pulled, the Ducks were on a 6-on-5. Henrique would get his 22nd on the apples from Raquel and Richie to make it a 5-4 to game. Okay, a little bit of hope. Let, let's see what happens. After that, Rico scored again with just over a minute left. Henrique scored his second of the night to tie things up at five goals apiece. The place was going nuts. We didn't expect that. No one expected that. The Ducks were ready to fold over and lose 5-3 to Vegas with about three minutes left. Bad on Vegas to let Anaheim come back, but hadn't Henrique pretty much put the team on his back on that one to tie things up and to give both teams a point. After that, Anaheim came damn close to winning the game in overtime. But if not for a post, you know, those things happen. You know, shot off the post, Anaheim didn't win it, play continues on. Shay Theodore, yeah, that guy. He scored the game-winning goal for the Vegas Golden Knights. Stone with the assist, and Vegas goes on to win 6-5. to five. You can't help but feel a slight bitter taste in your mouth if you're a Ducks fan. Losing in that fashion, that's pretty much the epitome of most of the season for the Anaheim Ducks. Getting that close, not finishing at the very end. Really, Adam Henrique is their best closer as far as goal scoring goes. And after all the trades they made... The Ducks are just pretty much now in rebuild mode, tank mode, whatever you want to call it. They know they're not going to make the playoffs. They're a long way away. Point projection right now has a 0.3% chance for the Ducks to make the postseason. Yeah, it's not going to happen. If it's a 0.3 chance to make the playoffs, you may as well just go for those draft picks. Or really, go for that number one overall pick. Okay, I know the Ducks are not going to catch up to Detroit as far as, you know, a poor performance, as far as futility in the standings. I don't even know if Detroit's going to make 25 wins. Heck, I don't know if they could even get 21 victories this season the way they're going. So Detroit will be the bottom of the standings. They will have the best odds to get that number one pick. But hey, Anaheim could increase their odds a little bit and try to get that number one pick. You never know what's going to happen. For what it's worth, it was a very enjoyable game to watch. That was one of the most fun games to watch the entire season. And as my fellow host, my friend of me, Sarah Avampato said, she ended up watching the Kings game that was on at the same time. And she said there was more excitement. It was more fun to watch the end of that Ducks game than the entirety of the Kings game that same night. Yeah, that's how bad the Kings are doing right now. At least the Ducks made it very fun. Shots on goal were 30-28 to 28 Anaheim. It was pretty even for the most part until the end. Anaheim did outshoot Vegas 10-6 in the third. They really came on strong. Anaheim had two shots on goal in overtime. Vegas just had the one. Anaheim had a better puck possession in overtime. They looked good. I actually thought Anaheim might win it in overtime. But alas, they didn't. They were a couple inches away. That's just how things go. Uh, Face-offs. Anaheim looked good 55%. Although losing the Elite 1C, you're going to see that number go down a bit on the last few weeks. That faceoff percentage will surely go down towards the end of the season. 
As far as power plays go, Ducks were 0 for 2, Vegas 0 for 1. Not much as far as penalties go. Anaheim just looked the same on their power play. Let's face it, their power play is not that good. It's not going to get any better this season. It's already late February. You know, just may as well stand pat, right? After the first intermission, we're going to go really in-depth into the trading that happened yesterday with the Anaheim Ducks. Stay locked in. Welcome back to Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez as we go really in-depth into all the trades the Ducks made over the past few days and how that affects the Anaheim Ducks. Yes, we're going to go over all seven trades really in-depth and look into all of them. First, let's look at how that affects the money and the cap space. The first trade, Andra Kasha was dealt from the Ducks to the Bruins for David Backus in a 2020 first round pick. Kasha had a $2.6 million cap hit. Backus had a $6 million cap hit, but Boston retains 25% of it, so it's really a $4.5 million cap hit. So the Ducks took on some money. They took on $1.9 million additional. The second trade, the Elite 1C, Derek Grant, was shipped off to the Philadelphia Flyers in exchange for Kyle Chris Quolo, a 2024th round pick. And Grant had a 700k cap hit. Chris Quolo had a 700k cap hit in the minors. So really that one's kind of a wash. Trade number three. Nick Ritchie went to Boston. Another Boston trade. Nick Ritchie was traded to Boston in exchange for Danton Heinen. Ritchie had a $1.5 million cap hit. Heinen has a $2.8 million cap hit. And one year left on his contract. So the Ducks taking on another kind of mid-priced to high-priced contract for the kind of player he is. So the Ducks got an additional $1.3 million in cap space exchanged. That's how much they gained. Trade number four. Devin Shore went to the Columbus Blue Jackets in exchange for Sonny Milano. Shore had a $2.3 million cap hit. Milano only has an 875k cap hit. So this was a very good trade for the Ducks. They lose 1.4 million in cap space. So really, they exchange someone making 2.3 million for someone making 875k. That's good monetarily. Trade number 5, Daniel Sprong for Christian Juice. That trade with the Capitals, that's about an even trade as far as money goes. It's adjusted to about 175k difference as far as minor leagues go. So that one also kind of a wash. 175k the Ducks gained. Trade number 6. Corbinian Holzer going to the Nashville Predators for Matt Irwin and a 2022 sixth round pick. Holzer had an $850 cap hit. Irwin only has a 675k cap hit. So the Ducks lose that cap space. So the cap space evens out with trade 5 and trade 6. Trade 7, no cap affecting on this one. Uh, Angus Redmond and a conditional 7th round pick goes to Edmonton in exchange for Joel Person. Edmonton receives the pick if Person plays 25 games in Anaheim next season. So that's how the money breakdown goes. The Ducks... They took on an additional approximately $2 million in cap space. 
that's not terrible. They could have taken on a lot more. They still have cap space for next season. So that's a big bonus for the Ducks that they could have taken on more and didn't. Yes, the Ducks are sellers. Yes, they want to get rid of a couple of those contracts. Uh, Devin Shores 2.3 is gone. Nick Ritchie's 1.5 is gone, although they got Denton Heinen for that one. So how do we talk about each trade, you know, really breaking down? The Kasha trade, that one was kind of a shocker, but the Ducks did get that first round pick. So I say that was a pretty decent trade. I feel better about the trade because they got the first round pick and also got Bacchus and Anderson. That is a solid pickup for the Ducks. If Kasha stays healthy, this will end up being a better trade for Boston. But if Kasha ends up having some health issues later on this season and again next season, this would become a steal for Anaheim. But, you know, we always wish our former Ducks the best. So we wish Kasha the best of luck in trying to get that elusive Stanley Cup. I think he'll help them out. The Derek Grant trade. Again, the Ducks could have gotten a third round pick. You know, they did kind of sell him a little bit. Derek Grant has a career-high 14 goals, but he's the elite 1C. That kind of fan favorite, I mean, that does hurt fans a lot. Uh, Chris Colo, he's been in the AHL most of his career, you know, spending a lot of time at Lehigh Valley. As far as the fourth-round pick, the Ducks will receive either of the Philadelphia or Nashville picks depending on which one is the higher pick. Philadelphia has both those draft picks, so the Ducks will get the higher of the two. So, I mean, it's still not the best of trades. You know, it it is what it is. Derek Grant is a depth scorer. But again, the Ducks are selling, and the Ducks are, you know, trying to get a very good first-round pick this year. So it is what it is. Nick Ritchie for Danton Heinen. Okay, Nick Ritchie... You know, it's almost a swap altogether. Nick Ritchie did have a four-point night against the Vegas Golden Knights, including those two goals. Nick Ritchie had his best game of the season Sunday night. So for the Ducks to get Danton Heinen out of that deal, that is not bad at all. (laughs) Uh, You know, Nick Ritchie is still a solid scorer. When he gets open, he can be a very good scorer. Heinen, you know, he's only struggling this season because he had such a fantastic season a couple years ago with Boston and he's struggling to find his way with the Bruins this season. So Boston is kind of selling that player a little bit, but it's still not a bad deal for the Ducks. I mean, I give that one a solid B, B minus. It's not bad. This trade I liked a lot. Devin Shore for Sonny Milano. I like Sonny Milano's game a lot. I'm going to miss Devin Shore quite a bit. But Sonny Milano is a very dynamic offensive player. He gets creative with the puck. He gets creative finding those open lanes. Milano is still only 23 years old. And he has shown that he can score goals. Not only that, but the Ducks become a more skilled team. A faster team. Uh, Milano does do better with even strength offense. And I'm going to go into something from Ineffective Math on Twitter. Where, you know, the Columbus Blue Jackets... They have a plus 13% as far as an even strength offense when Sonny Milano is on the ice. As far as defense goes, it's a plus 2%. I mean, he's about average on defense. 
He's very good on offense. He's very talented, very creative. The Ducks could definitely use another goal scorer. And if the Ducks can re-sign Sonny Milano for a somewhat decent amount of money, this could end up being a steal for the Ducks as well. And I'm going to grade this one a solid A, to be honest. The only thing about Sonny Milano, he does get in the box quite a bit. Not nearly as much as Nick Ritchie. But Sonny Milano does get in the box fairly often. Uh, to steal this stat from Natural Stat Trick, Nick Ritchie is in the penalty box 1.93 minutes per 60. Sonny Milano is 1.24 per 60. So they exchange one penalty-ridden player for someone that's better offensively and doesn't get in the box as much. He's a cheaper option. Yeah, solid A. Great trade there. Daniel Sprong for Christian Juice. This is about an even trade. You know, Daniel Sprong has underperformed here in Anaheim. Christian Juice, he's underperformed this season with Washington and has spent time at Hershey. So both players are really wanting just a change of scenery. You know, I grade this one a B- or a B. Corbinian Holzer for Matt Irwin and a sixth round pick. Look, Holzer and Irwin, they're pretty interchangeable. Irwin needs a change of scenery. He's a bit older. Corbinian Holzer, he's a bit older. He also needs a change of scenery. They're both hardworking. They're both good guys. Yeah, this one I grade a B-. This one is about an average grade, B-, C+. And then the Angus Redmond trade, that's pretty much just, you know, it's a minor league deal. Angus Redmond has played in the Swedish Hockey League, and they basically got him for an ECHL goalie. So still not a bad trade. Redmond really can't find his spot because, you know, he's behind players like Ethan Bear, Matt Benning, and Evan Bouchard. And now Edmonton got Mike Green. So there's really no place for Angus Redmond to go. I could see him playing with the San Diego goals this season and helping the goals in the Ducks later on down the line. But Redmond will have to really work on his North American game. So those are all seven of those trades. And some odds and ends with regards to these trades. We have some uniform numbers for all the new players. So get those pens and papers ready. Here you go. David Backus will be wearing number 21. Sonny Milano will be number 22. Andrew Agazzino, who the Ducks picked up, and I talked about Agazzino on yesterday's bonus episode. So if you want to go back and listen to that episode, be sure to check out that bonus episode with a fast response to yesterday's trades. I talked about Agazzino and his time at Wilkes-Barre and how he will help this team. Agazzino's wearing number 26. Christian Juice will be wearing number 29. Then we have Heinen is going to wear number 43. Matt Irwin, 52. And Kiefer Sherwood is still 64. Sherwood is now up with the Ducks. And here's the morning rushes that just took place. So here's how the Ducks will line up, it looks like, tonight. On that first line, this is really interesting. Ryan Getzloff in the middle. Raquel on one wing. Sonny Milano on that other wing. Wow. Sonny Milano already slots in on that first line with Getzloff and Raquel. Maybe that'll wake both those guys up. Getzloff is the leading point scorer for the Ducks. He's got 38 points. He leads the team in points. The Ducks are the only team in the National Hockey League to not have a player above 
40 points for the season. Getzloff has 38. Henrique has 37. Silverberg has 34. Raquel has 35. Maybe one of those players will finally hit 40 points tonight. Who knows? On that second line, Adam Henrique, Kiefer Sherwood, and Tanton Heinen. Heinen goes into that second line with Henrique and Sherwood. Let's see how that plays out. Third line, Max Jones, Sam Steele, Jakob Silverberg. Fourth line, Agazino slots in at the fourth line center, essentially taking Derek Grant's spot. Let's see how that goes. Carter Rowney and Nick Delorier round out that fourth line. So Rowney is back in action. Nick Delorier with Agazino. That that could be fun to watch. As far as defensive pairings go, Humpus Lindholm and Josh Manson. First line defense. Second line, Larson and Delzado on that second line. So Delzado now moves up to that second line. Third line, Christian Juice and Matt Irwin. Two guys that are looking to get a fresh start in Anaheim. Let's see how they play tonight. And just a couple more notes, and this is courtesy of Eric Stevens from The Athletic. First power play unit, Getzloff, Milano, Steele, Raquel, and Delzato. That could be very interesting. The second power play unit, this one looks fun. Henrik, Silverberg, Lindholm, Heinen, and Juice. Maybe the Ducks will improve on their power play just a little bit. And with that, we're going to wrap things up for today. If you guys are on your way to the Ponda, be sure to get there early. As starting at 5 o'clock, the Black History Month caravan will hit the Honda Center tonight. So be sure to check that out. It looks like it's going to be a really cool thing to check out. And tonight's game begins at 7 o'clock at the Ponda. Once again, taking on the Edmonton Oilers. And just to give you a preview of this week's schedule... They play Edmonton on Tuesday. Then they play the Pittsburgh Penguins at home Friday night. Both games begin at 7 o'clock. Tonight's game will be on Prime Ticket. Friday's game will be on Fox Sports West. So be on the lookout for that. If you want to hear any of the previous episodes on the Locked On Podcast Network, check out Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or Stitcher. Also, be sure to check us out on Podbay, where just yesterday... Locked on Ducks was ranked number 27 of all hockey podcasts. That's pretty awesome to see. So the Ducks are one of the higher rated hockey podcasts on that website. That was yesterday. So once again, thank you all to everyone that's listening. Thank you to all the guests. And once again, a big thank you to Laura, Jared, and Justin for taking place in Hockey Jeopardy yesterday. That was a lot of fun. So be sure to check out that episode. That was Hockey Jeopardy episode number 100. And if you haven't heard it already, check out the bonus pod from yesterday, breaking down the post-trade deadline. If you want to follow us on Twitter, follow me personally at StimpyJD, or follow this show at LO underscore Ducks. So once again, thank you all for listening, and I hope you guys have fun tonight at the Ponda. For Locked On Anaheim Ducks, I'm Jason JD Hernandez, saying have a great Tuesday, I'll hopefully see you at the Pond, and... Hey Anaheim, quack, quack, quack.